Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. I am honored by the Lord to and humbled that he would call me to declare the gospel. Um, if I was him, I would not have chosen me. I'm that guy that is comfortable in the background. I worship in the background. As we say on my side of town, I'll be just comfortable in the cut, just chilling. I don't, it, don't, it don't really bother me. I don't have to be up in front. Um, but when he calls, you have to say yes if you want peace. <laughs> I'm a little old school, so I have to always give honor to my leaders. I do thank God for it, Pastor Aaron, Pastor Amanda. You guys have no idea. It is. Yes, yes. It's easy to submit to somebody who submitted to him. So I do thank God for them. And uh, you have no idea. Just come to the, this church is did just what the name says. It has restored hope in my life. We found the church about three years ago, I believe, on an accident. Uh, we were looking for another church, and we drove by, seeing this church, and we came in, and we've been here ever since. So uh, God has just restored some stuff inside of my life, so I appreciate God for that. I also want to give honor to my wife, my woman, my girlfriend, my baby mama. That's just because that's what we do. We had an anniversary about two weeks ago, 16 years. Every day has not been Sunday, and at times I wouldn't have sent her to her mama's house, but because she got me so sprung, I would have called her back in about 15 minutes. I said, girl, where you at? So I'm thankful for her. <laughs> I'm a little, little, little tickled where I was when Miss um, Becker sent me the text about uh, doing the tag of it because um, Probably about two weeks prior to getting the text, I was, we was up here singing. I think it may have been a Sunday morning or Wednesday night, and Pastor Caleb was exhorting as he so prophetically does while we sing. And while he was singing, I literally seen him in the spirit turn around, look at me, and tag me in like we were in a wrestling match. He tagged me in. And I picked up where he left off. And I got tickled then, and then Becca sent the text, and I was like, wow, God has a sense of humor. And then I immediately started panicking. I was like, did she mean to send this to me? Not me. Maybe it's another Kenneth in her phone she meant to send this to. I'm sure they don't want me. God, really? Did I tell the pastors I can preach? What? So when I started panicking and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me so plainly, he says, not by power, not by might, but it's by my spirit. And I calmed down a little bit and I was talking to Pastor uh, Elder Brian one day because I, I got a little bit scared again. And he said, listen. He said, if you keep running, then he's not going to keep asking. He'll get somebody else. And that sobered me up real quick. And I was like, yes, Lord. <laughs> I am always conscious of my time. So uh, my old pastor used to say, you don't want people to see, be happy to see you get up and happy to see you sit down. So I'm going to try my best to hurry up and get out of the way. I don't consider myself long-winded. My wife says I like to talk, though, so I do have notes to help me stay in order don't, so I won't ran, be random, just rambling. <laughs> uh, I want to read tonight from the book of Luke. I gave them my scripture, but I forgot to tell them I'm reading from the Amplified Version. So uh, you don't have to stand up because it's a little bit lengthy. Can I be myself, please? I had to pray too much to be myself, prayed against a little self-esteem and all that fun stuff. So when he made me who he made me, I'm just going to chill and be there. I'm going to be reading from the book of Luke, uh, chapter 1, <laughs> starting at verse 5. And Luke has been instructed by the Holy Spirit to tell us something, and I think it's worth reading. In the days of Herod, the, the great king of Judea, there was a certain priest whose name was Zechariah of the division of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, the first high priest of Israel. Her name was Elizabeth. They both were righteous, approved in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they were childless. Because Elizabeth was barren and they were both 
far advancing years. Now what happened when Zacharias was serving as a priest before God in the appointed order of his priestly division, as was the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord and burn incense on the altar of incense. Another congregation was praying outside in the court of the temple at the hour of incense offering. And the angel Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw the angel, he was troubled and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your petition and prayer was heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will name him John. You will have great joy and delight, and many will rejoice over his birth, for he will be great and distinguished in the sight of the Lord, and he will never drink wine or liquor, and he will be filled with and empowered by the act of the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. Woo! I wish my kids were born with the Holy Ghost. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel back from sin to love and serve the Lord their God. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient of the attitude of righteous, which is to seek and submit to the will of God in order to make ready a people perfectly prepared spiritually and morally for the Lord. And Zechariah says to the angel, I imagine him looking at him right in the eye and says, how can I be certain of this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in age. The angel replied and said, I am Gabriel, and I stand and minister in the very presence of God. And I've been sent by him to speak to you and bring you good news. Listen carefully. You were continually silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe what I told you. I'm going to say that one more time. Because you did not believe what I told you. But my words will be fulfilled at their proper time. The people outside in the court were waiting for Zechariah and was wondering about his long delay in the temple. But he did not come out. He was unable to speak to them. They realized that he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. When his time of priestly service was finished, he returned to his home. Now after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months she secluded herself completely saying, This is how the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked, for, he looked with favor on me to take away my disgrace among men. If I would pick a topic, I would say this uh, waiting on a timeless God. Waiting on a timeless God. It was last Friday. We, my wife and I and my daughter were preparing for my little girl to have a sleepover. About seven girls came to the house. Yes, we're still recuperating. The house is just now settling down. So it was seven girls plus my wife and my daughter. So I was at the house from nine women. My son left me hanging. So I was there by myself, so I tried to stay in my room as much as possible. So uh, we were preparing, and we was, I was sitting at the kitchen table, and I was eating a uh, microwavable breakfast burrito that was bacon and cheese, and it was good. It was really hot, though. And so I was eating it, and Mr. Biting it, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, stop rushing me. That's how he said it. Stop rushing me. So I'm biting. I'm like, okay, Lord. I was meditating on it, so I knew it was for this word. Look at somebody for a minute and say, listen, you can rush your kids because sometimes they slow. You can rush your husband because sometimes he may move a little gingerly. You can rush your wife if she's not putting on her makeup, getting ready for church. You can rush your wife and you can sometimes rush your cat and the dog, but you cannot rush God. You cannot rush God. Father, we thank you for this moment in time, this Kairos moment. God, we ask that you would give us clarity of thought, clarity of speech. Speak through us, God, but give them ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. But God, don't just stop there. Let this seed fall on good ground and don't stop there. Father, I pray that you give us understanding that we may bear fruit. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we bind every spirit to try to hinder this word. We loose, loose my tongue and loose the ears of the people to hear. We thank you for them not seeing me, but seeing you, not hearing me, but hearing what you have to say to your church. Woo. We love you so much, God, and we thank you for the privilege this moment. We thank you for the opportunity to declare your gospel, not by powers, not by might, but by your spirit. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. I uh, consider myself a pretty low-key guy. guy. I'm pretty cool. It takes a lot to get to me. It takes a lot to push my buttons. If I was angry, Pastor, you probably wouldn't know it because I'm just cool like that, I guess. 
I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just how I am. And I can consider myself to be a really patient guy until I'm in a rush. When I got to get in my car, I go somewhere, and you get in the car, and like every light is red, and then you get behind a senior citizen. I love senior citizens, but you get behind a senior citizen, and they are driving five, t- 20 miles under the speed limit, and you got to get somewhere. And then sometimes I got to pee. I'm so- I consider myself a really patient guy until I am hungry, Courtney. And when I'm hungry, I want to eat. I want to eat and feed me now, especially on a Sunday. When I get out of church, I, if my wife don't cook something, I'm just like, girl, it better be ready. In fact, look, leave a few minutes before me so you can get that before me, get my plate ready, have it on the, on the table. Because if not, she's going to be mad at me because I'm going to snack about 10 times, eat about 10 snacks right before supper. And maybe it's because I was raised in Pentecostal. We went to church at 945 in the morning, then get out to 3, at 3, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, then came back for Sunday evening service. So when I'm hungry, I'm, 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 I get a little hangry. And I consider myself really patient until I'm tired and I'm sleepy. When I'm tired and sleepy, I'm just like, just leave me alone, get out of my face. Why are you even breathing like that? Why are you in the room with me? Why, who told you to walk this way? Move, please, serious, come on. All I hear is wah, 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 I, 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 leave me alone, I'm tired. I'm not a cusser, but sometimes my thoughts can have to rebuke my thoughts. Because I thought bad, think bad thoughts. I'm like, Jesus, just let me go to sleep. I do consider myself really patient until I'm in a fast food line at, at a restaurant. And I get in the line, and the line is long, and the service is really slow, except for Chick-fil-A. They, it's their pleasure to serve me. But when I get into a fast food line, and the line is slow, it's moving slow, I'm thinking, come on, this is fast food. Why didn't y'all have enough nuggets dropped? Why didn't y'all have enough patties? It's fast food. And then I leave there and go to Walmart, and Walmart got 300 people in there, two cashiers. Seriously? Like, the devil is a lie. I do consider myself really patient. I'm just really cool until I need God to move for me. When I want God to move for me, see, God has a tendency because we are the bride of Christ. So he woos us with his words. And he says, listen, girl, he is like, I own the cat of a thousand hills and they're yours. He said, I, I go away to prepare a place for you when I get there so you can be with me also. Yeah, you mind. You know that? Look, the, king, the, the heart of the king is in my hand and I turn it wheresoever, wheresoever I want to turn it. You ain't got to ask for nothing. All you got to do is seek and you'll find. You'll knock and I'll open the door for you. I'll give you what you ask for. He just woos us with his words. He said, listen, promotion don't come from the east or from the west, but it comes from me. I got you. But then I'm like, okay, God, but what about now? What about now? I need it now. Look, you did it for Miss Becca, and you did it for uh, her husband, Eddie. You, they needed rent money at the last minute, and you gave them the exact amount. You did it for Liam around. You paid that hospital bill. You did it for pastors when they needed a down payment for this building. You gave it to them. I pay my tithes. I give my offering. I want a blessing. Right? When are you going to come to my house? God, don't ask me to wait. Seriously? If, you, if I have to wait, it's going to be too late. I need it right now. So what do we do when he don't come when we want him to? Woo! What do you do when he don't respond immediately like you want him to respond? You can't rush him. You can't rush him. I don't care how much you try. You can't rush him. He's not on our time. Our emergency is not always his emergency. It's been 400 years since the children of Israel between the Old Testament and the New Testament. They ain't had no angelic visitations. They haven't heard God speak through the prophets. So 400 years without the move of God. Can you imagine coming to church? We come to service every Sunday, come to witness, and we grace with the presence of the Lord. Can you imagine coming here and not feeling the presence of the Lord? The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. Can you imagine coming here and we praising God, but we don't feel no presence? Can you imagine laying hands on the sick and you don't feel no virtue leave your body and they're not healed? Can you imagine people having demons coming in and leaving the same way and saying, bye, I'll see you next week? I understand what David said when he says, Lord, whatever you do, you can take the kingdom, you can take my wives, but please don't take your Holy Spirit. I value that thing. It is my life. It is in him I live, I move, I breathe, I have my being. If I did not have him, just let me die. 
in the midst of God not speaking up, the people have gotten weary. They start to desecrate the temple, and they're using the temple for, prophetic, for, for proper gain, and political uprisings is happening, and the Roman government has came in and putting taxing on the people of God. It's bleak. It's dark. They're in a bad time. They don't feel it's like they, they've been praying to Jehovah. He ain't showed up yet. But in the midst of it, because there is a remnant, although they, they're, they're, they're far and few, there's still a remnant. I don't care what the world say, the church is still going to be the church. They might try to say the church ain't existing no more, but the devil is a lie. It's always going to be somebody on the mountaintop to declare what thus said the Lord. It's always going to be somebody that's going to praise God. It's always going to be somebody praying in a corner, praying on the rooftop, because he is what he is, and we are who he, we are in him. Don't you tell me, God, we ain't exist. We're going we to always be here. So they are, in this remnant, there is a couple. This couple was named is Zachariah and Elizabeth. I thank God for somebody who's willing to stand and even hold together marriage, even in hard times. We have, as we all know, the laws and people are declaring marriage to same-sex marriage. I, I don't even believe God honors that as marriage, same-sex, because he know what he made when he instituted marriage between man and woman. But this couple is like the couple that's trending. They, everybody knows them. They keeping all the laws and the prophets. They just, you get on Instagram, you see selfies of them and people taking selfies with them. They just cool like that. They are all over. They're doing conferences and they're doing book signings because people want to know how do y'all keep it together in this time? How do y'all still keep the laws and the commandments of God during this bleak society? And they... Uh, what everybody ascribes to their relationship goals. They gather together. They what every pastor wants at a church. That's the kind of saved people you really want. Those kind of people you want on your, your usher team, you want as volunteer security, you want people like it in your church. But behind the scenes, when the conferences stop and the book signings stop and everybody is not calling on them and they're not giving their testimony when they get home, the reality sets in. Luke tells us, he says, listen, they were who they were when they were keeping all the commandments of God. Well, first, he says it was in the days of Herod, the great, the king of Judea. And he wants us to know that because Herod was, he, he rose to power, a lot of political power, but got into his position as king. But at the end of his life, he started to lose his mind. He's the one that put out a hit on Jesus and commanded Jesus to be killed. And if he couldn't find him, he put out a genocide on every child two years and old under. Can you imagine just living in a neighborhood and you hearing people busting through your doors and cutting your kids' heads off two years and younger, all in your neighborhood? but you hear mama screaming, daddy screaming, trying to fight. They end up losing their life because they're trying to fight the soldiers. But these people were still holding on to God. God, I know it looks bleak. They're killing babies. I don't even have a baby. Woo! But I still believe in Jehovah. I still believe you in the midst of darkness. Woo! So there, Luke says, there was this man and woman named Zechariah and Elizabeth. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, the first high priest of the division of Abiah, I mean of, of, of uh, Aaron. And they both were righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly. She was child, but they were childless. She was barren, and they were old. She, they were childless. She was barren, and they were old. Uh, time is winding up, and they are old. See, it don't bother some people because you guys got kids. Some of us got kids, and at any moment, we want to put a sticker on them and send them back to the rescinder. We want to send them back to where they came from. Some of y'all got kids, and y'all pray to God, like, Lord, just maybe if they don't come home off the bus. I mean, just at times, I mean, maybe once or twice because they act up. You know how they can be. You just, I told my kids, like I heard somebody say, I think it was T.D. Jake said his mama told him, said, boy, we'll kill you and have another child look just like you. Nobody ever know. I love my kids, but ugh. See, you, you, but uh, we, we, we hear their story and we, it don't really move us a lot because we don't understand the ramifications of that time to be childless, to be barren. See, that she is barren, and to have a, not have a child in that time in that economic society was disastrous because then you don't have nobody to take care of you when you get old. Who are you going to leave your legacy to? 
Who going to take care of you and, and, and uh, keep you from getting in the nursing home? Who going to brush your teeth or help you walk? Who going to take care of you? You ain't got no kids. It's just you yourself. And by, when you die, that's it. And suppose one of you died, then you left by yourself. Yeah. They considered it a curse or a defect. Yeah. Imagine you a woman and you, you got all your body parts and you walking on the street, but you hear whispers. Little kids is running into you and they getting their kids off of you because you are cursed. Wow. There's something wrong with you. Come on, come on, get up, get back over here. You hear people talking in, in the stores or in the church and saying, look, and you're speaking to you. Hey, Elizabeth, girl, did you know wow. she can't have no kids? Some people say it don't bother some people because I've heard women say, girl, every time he look at me, I get pregnant. So some people don't, some women don't even understand that. But if you want a kid and can't have a child, whew, if you want God to do something for you sometime and he don't do it yet. So she is, they, they, they never really considered the man. They even preached and taught that if, if your wife can't have kids, then divorce, divorce her. Leave her and go get somebody else so you can procreate. Procreate. So he's like, just leave her and get you somebody that works. Because she ain't working right. She broke. You don't understand the oldness because we're young and we're still vibrant and we can run through trees and leap over walls and we can do what we feel like we want to do, get up out of the bed and, and just jump and, and go do what we got to do. I told my wife sometimes, I said, when I get up, it, it sounds like popcorn. You start walking, it's just like, dang. And I asked all day, I said, did you pop too when you get up? Because I'm just like walking, I'm hearing popping and cracking like, Jesus, is this what it's about? But when you, what happens when you serve the great God of the universe? You are on the prayer team and you praying and people come ask for prayer requests, but you need prayer. You save and, and, and somebody comes say, look, come pray with me about my marriage, but you just want to be married. You want some triceps and biceps to go to and some thighs to get in the bed with. And, you, and they ask you to pray for your marriage. Seriously? You got a business, your business is failing, but the world's business is just thriving. What do we do about that? It's like a paradox. How is that even possible? We serve him and he's so good. He created the world in six days, rested on the seventh part of the Red Sea, destroyed our enemies with a mighty hand. How can it be like that? It's just simple for him. Just fix, you can blow on my body, God, and it's fixed. All is well. I promise you he's coming, and he's coming, he's coming. It's only a matter of time. Thank you, Jesus. Meanwhile, they are getting older. They're going to the synagogue, and they're hearing the Torah and the Mishnah, and they're hearing them read about the father of Abraham and Sarah, uh, uh, father Abraham and Sarah, how they were old and she was barren, but God touched her womb. I know they heard about El Shaddai, the God Almighty. They heard about how he parted the Red Sea and delivered the children of Israel with a mighty hand. I know they heard about Hannah and Elkanah and how they didn't want a baby. They couldn't have a baby, and so God blessed them. They heard about Rachel and Leah, how they were fighting for one of the man's attention, and Rachel was barren, and God touched her. God remembered Rachel. They hear the words. They sit in there and they hear the prophecies. They hear the law. And God, they still can't have a baby. They ain't asking for a lot of money. They ain't asking for no new car, no new house. It's like, God, just give us a child. You see, you think, I don't want no more kids. But some of us just might, maybe it's cancer. God, I'm too young. I got cancer. Lord, the doctor said I only got 10 days to live. Lord, my, my kid, is he's been in school after school. I got him on medicine, and I can't get him to act right. So you don't understand that because your kid acts fine. But when it comes to your house, whatever the situation is, you need God to move. You need God to move yesterday. But you can't rush him. Meanwhile, they are getting older. They're making preparations, talking to the insurance agent, make sure the insurance is okay, going to pick out their they, uh, gravestone lot to make sure they want to be buried together because they love each other. Hair is getting thin, and the little hair they got is all white. Their steps are moving a little bit slower and slower. They're talking, but they're forgetting what they say. They say they're repeating themselves, and the, the eyes are going a little bit uh, dim, and our ears are going dull. They're getting older. I told you he's rushed. Don't rush him. He's coming. I know it looks bleak. I know it looks like it's over and there's no hope. But we serve a God that just, just joy, enjoys the, the process of showing you, proving you wrong. 
because otherwise he wouldn't be God. Zacharias has a specific job. He's a priest, and he's a priest. His job is to keep the, the fire on the altar of incense lit. So he goes there. I mean, it's his course. It's his turn to go there and make sure he has the ceremonial garments on, and he is there, and he is walking gingerly in the temple, the temple of the wilderness, because it's sacred, and any wrong move, it could cost him his life. God, bring back the sacredness to the church, Jesus. He's there, and he's doing his job, and he's, he's passing the altar of sacrifice and passing the labor of washing, and he gets to the holy place. There is the candle offer there that keeps the light, the only light inside the temple. And then there on one side, there is the uh, table of showbread, and on the opposite side is the most holy place, the holies of holies. He's in between. He got a ceremonial garment on, and he's in there praying and offering up the incense. They a representation of the of the prayers of the people. The people of God are outside praying. I can imagine him on the inside praying. They're praying, and they hear he hear their prayers, and they cry out to Jehovah, who oh, Jehovah, when you gonna come? Jehovah, we need you now. Jehovah Jireh, when are you going to provide? El Shaddai, almighty God. The Romans got us in all this, 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 this hardship. They came and took my kids and put them in slavery. My husband left and he don't even care about the family no more. Jehovah God, Isaiah said that he will come. The government's going to be upon his shoulder. Jehovah, where are you? You said he's a mighty God, the prince of peace, a wonderful counselor. Where are you? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. We need you. We need you now, not yesterday. Please come. Please forgive us of our sins, God. They are praying. They are crying out to God. In that moment, they're praying. I can imagine Zachariah praying, going through the motion. He is the man of God in the house of God, doing the work of God. And there in the midst, after 400 years, an angel visitation. The angel sees him, Zachariah. Zachariah gets scared because you got to see that the place was filled with smoke and the aroma, the aroma of frankincense. It was a sweet smell going up. So in the midst of that, that angel appears. He says, you don't have to worry no more. Your prayer has been heard. See, that alone should make, will make me shout because I know he hears me. But then the human side of me is like, which one did he hear? I prayed a lot. Is it the one where I got that money? Or is it the one where I got that house? Or the one where that anointed on my life is good? Which one? So he says, listen, your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth is going to have a child. His name is going to be John. He will have joy and gladness. Many shall rejoice. Uh, and they'll be filled with the, he's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost upon his birth. He's going to be great in the sight of God. He's going to turn the hearts of the children to their fathers. He's going to have a Nazarite vow. Make ready. He's going to make ready that people prepare for God. You would think that he would be shouting, Woo, thank you, Jesus, especially if I got a word like that for my kids. It'll help, it'll help a whole lot. Because when they ask me why, because God said it. You can't have it, cold drink. You can't go there because God said it. You don't like it, talk to him. But he didn't. Zachariah looks at, I imagine him looking at him, looking at him eye to eyeball to eyeball and says, how's this going to happen? I don't, I'm old. She old. Zachariah, there's a crack in your armor. You are the man of God in the house of God doing the work of God, but you don't believe the word of God. Woo! Something has transpired in the process of time. Something has happened. It's crept in unawares. He's going through. We come to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, and we lift our hands, and we will believe God for everybody else's blessing. We will even agree with somebody else. But when it comes to us, it's, getting, it's got so long and so hard. God, it's hard for me to believe. I believe you'll pay my light bill. I believe you'll pay my electric bill, but what about my body? My mama died with cancer. My, my grandmama died with cancer. My auntie died with cancer, but what about this? This just seems really hard. Woo, Jesus. This seems difficult. I've been here a long time. I've been praying to you day and night. Night and day I've been asking you to move. You ain't moved yet. Why haven't you came to me? Why haven't you delivered in my situation? 
I'm faithful to you. I serve you with my whole heart. When? When? Every day I'm getting weak and my hair is falling out. I can barely move. Why, God? Why do you have to pick me? He's coming. I know it seems bad, but you can't rush him. You can't rush him. You can't rush him. Zechariah gets the word. The angel says, listen, because you didn't listen to my words, because you don't believe, I stand in the presence of God. I'm his messenger. Because you see me, you heard me, but you don't believe him. You don't believe the word that I gave you from him. Because you don't believe, you're going to be quiet until this thing happens. Cuts him off. Cuts his communication off completely. Right there, gets mute. He says, but... Trying to talk, you can't, you can't hear him. You can't hear him. He comes out, and the people are waiting because he's in there a long time. I can imagine him trying to figure out what happened. He's trying to talk, trying to cough, can't hear nothing. So he finally comes out, and the people say, he beckons them to go on. And they, he said, the Bible says that he just beckons them, and they figured he can't talk, so he must have seen the vision. He must be in shock. So they probably waited to get home and called Elizabeth's house or called a cell phone. They went to voicemail and it called Elizabeth. Elizabeth was like, I'm sorry, he can't talk right now. Literally, he can't talk. <laughs> they at the house and he, they want to know, is Zachariah okay? But right now he can't talk. Oh, is he busy? Can you tell him to call me? No, he can't talk. It's the judgment of God that came. Thank God it wasn't his life. The judgment of God said, listen, this word is going to come to pass and you're going to shut your mouth until it happens. Because you got to be really careful when you believe in God and waiting on God. Woo. Everybody who says they're for you is not for you. Everybody that says they believe don't always believe like you believe, Tyler. Woo. They said they hear you, but they're not always for you. People literally are speaking curses over you as you drive and, and sit there and you praising God. People are speaking curses. Don't you believe everybody is believing the same thing you believe? That is, she is pregnant. The Bible says they go home. The course of his position is over. They get to the house. And I can imagine for about, probably about four or five days, he's just thinking about it. Because he can't say nothing. So he's just thinking. All he can remember is the word of the Lord. Then I can imagine, just because I have to go there when I see the scriptures, um, Elizabeth is probably one day making some beef stew or lamb stew. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. And he's sitting there thinking. And he looks over, over at O.E. and says, like, Dad. Like, girl, you looking good. He thanking it because he can't say it. He's like, whoo, Lizzie. Lizzie, girl. And she's like, Zachary, what are you looking at, Zachary? Because she's old. Remember, she's old. She's like, Zachary, what are you looking at? Why are you looking at me like that? And he stands up and she's like, He's thinking, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And she's like, what are you talking about, Zachy? I can't tell you what I'm thinking, so hold up. Let me go put this track on. He goes in and plays on a little Al Green, turn off the lights. Turn off the lights. And she's like, oh, Zachy. I know what's on your mind. So they go do the do. Y'all know what it is. Go do the do and... She's pregnant. So for nine months, he's watching this thing grow in her belly. The word of the Lord, the promise is growing. It is growing. Elizabeth says, wow, this is what he chose to do to take away my reproach. She had to wait. They waited. They waited. They waited. For nine months, it's growing. It's growing inside of her. You, you, I know you're in the hospital bed and you're suffering. I know it seems like for, I can't make ends meet. Pastor, I worked three jobs and I was in school. And it still seemed like money was tight. My wife was even working for years. It just seemed like, and we, I felt like we was wise. We didn't squander our money. We didn't spend a lot of money on stupid stuff. But I understood after I came out of it that it was my process. I would pray and say, God, is the hand of God against me? What am I doing wrong? God, I'm praying. I'm seeking you. I would be, at, I would be in the back of factories working, knowing I had more potential. Not saying factories are bad because if you need to do it, go ahead and do it. But for me, I was going to school. I went to school for film, and I, was, I had big dreams and ambitions. 
I would be in the back of the warehouse and I'll be sweeping the floor and I'll be bawling, just like crying like God. I'm and repenting constantly. Lord, I'm sorry if it's something I did. Please forgive me. I, I, I'll do it. I, I'm, I, I'm sorry I made, that I make wrong decisions. I went to school. I, I've been serving you. I've been trying to live for you. I'm sorry. Whatever it is, God, please deliver me from this. But he wouldn't change it yet, but he was still coming. He was still coming. She has the baby. The midwife's coming. They help her deliver the baby. And she has the baby. And in that moment, they like, oh, let's name him after Zach. Let's name him little Zachy. No, no. The word of the Lord says something else. Like, she's like, no, his name is going to be John. Ain't nobody named John in your family, girl. Zachariah, what should we name her? And the Bible says he's asked for a, a writing tablet. So I would think that he would have had a writing tablet way before nine months. But he didn't. So he just been saying, mm, 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 mm. Mm. Asked for a writing tablet, gets a writing tablet. His name is John, and instantly the promise is fulfilled. His mouth opens up and he prophesies. <laughs> prophesies. The Holy Spirit told me to give you five points, and uh, five points, and I'm going to get out of your way. Five points on what to do while waiting on a timeless God. You got to understand, He is not bound by our time. First thing, you got to always remember that He is sovereign. Somebody said, what does that mean? Because I know we're in church. Sometimes we can be really church. You don't understand what every word means. So I'm going to read the definition. Meaning God is the supreme authority in all, in, in all things. And he's under control of everything. God is the sovereign Lord of all by incontestable right as the creator, the owner, and the possessor of heaven and earth. I'm going to read that again. God is the supreme authority and all things are under his control. God is a sovereign Lord of all by incontestable rights as the creator, the owner, and possessor of heaven and earth. He ain't got to ask your permission for nothing. So it might not always end up like you want it to end up. If it was my choice, I wouldn't be here. But because he is sovereign and he given me will, I choose to say, yes, Lord. I choose to say, God, no matter what, I want to be in your will. Number two, while you waited on him, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. Guard it with diligence daily. Because it's in that process of waiting, things can creep in. Bitterness can grab your heart. Envy because your neighbor is having a baby and you can't. Envy is because your, your business ain't taking off and theirs is. Guard your heart. I would pray constantly, God, keep me, keep me. I mean, and I stay before him, devotion, just go on before God, because if I knew I was going to get some kind of understanding, it's going to come from him. Woo! Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Let patience, number three, let patience have its perfect work in you, because you, that you might be entire wanting nothing, the Bible says. Patience can do a work in you while you sleep. And it works on you while you're in traffic. When you're behind somebody who won't move. It works on you when your family members get on your nerves, Miss Tammy. I know she was talking about her brother. Patience works on you then. Patience works on you when your kids are getting up under your fingernails. He's working on work. The thing is about God, he gave us a will. That a direct will can cause us to walk in opposition of his will. He gave you a choice because at any moment I could have got out of the will of God. I could have said, forget this. I ain't doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go work. I'm gonna, I can go pursue my own dreams. I can go do what I want to do. God, I love you, but I'm going to put you on the back burner for right now. I have that choice at any moment. You testified about the whole truck situation. We have that ability to go do what we want to do. But when I say yes and I belong to him, you got to stay in the process. The Bible says, if you wait on the Lord, you won't be ashamed. He's building something while you wait. You got to remember that he can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, but he cannot be moved by our impatience. He will not be rushed by our impatience. He can be moved by your infirmities. He has a, is a God of compassion, but because you whine and he ain't going to move. Stop rushing him and start seeking him. The old folks used to say, if it's, his, if it's his will, it's his bill. Number four, keep praying. Whatever you do, don't stop praying because it's there in the birthing room that he starts to show you your nature and transform you into him. 
Keep praying because it's in the birthing area of prayer that he reveals your nature and then he transforms you into his. If you don't have his spirit, you don't have his senses. If you don't know his word, you won't recognize his work. Keep praying and don't forget to listen. That's the problem about us. We don't like to listen to him. I was raised in church, and that's the one thing they talked about. We talked, my mama was over prayer. My grandmother prayed, and she did prayer beds and shut-ins a lot. And we prayed a lot. But I didn't listen a lot. I had to learn as I prayed more when I would catch a glimpse of him speaking. Oh, he wanted to say something. Because I was in a rush to give him what I needed to tell him to pour out my concerns upon him. But I had to start waiting and listen. It's important. I have to hear what he has to say more than what I want to say. He can say one word to change the very course of your life. One, who do you know can say one word to change the course of your life? Prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. So always remember that. And you got to remember, too, that it, uh, the, the situation might change, especially while you're praying. It might change little by little, day by day, month by month. If you don't pray, you won't recognize it. Because all you see is the end picture. All you see is the destiny, the destination. I struggled with that a lot over my life. I didn't know I was prophetic earlier in my life. I just thought um, I, was, I was really anxious. I was in school. I hated school. I was trying to rush to get out of school, rush to get out of school, make some money. I went to college. I was trying to rush to get out of college and make some money. I was in college. I hated college. I went to another college. I was just really, because I seen the end goal. I seen, and a lot of times what prophetic do. You can see the future. You see what's coming. God can show you, but he don't show you the process. I want it now. Oh, God told me I'm going to be this. Oh, I forget all the other stuff. But it's the process. Little by little, day by day, faith by faith, glory to glory. Number five, stop comparing yourself with everybody else, Elizabeth. You are giving birth to a leader. Whew. Everybody's situation is different. Your ministry might not be like my ministry. God might be calling you to nations. And you looking at me, jealous of me. What? Because he's building something in you. You can't rush him. Just because he's quiet. Just because it don't happen like when and how you think it's going to happen, it's happening. Understand the nature of our father. Nothing is ever wasted. He's not a sadistic God that sits in heaven and say, oh, I'm going to watch him suffer. I'm going to watch her cry herself to sleep every night. That's not how he works. It is the father's goodwill to give you the kingdom. Whew. It is his good will. It will come to pass. Yes, Lord. He's developing. He's developing. If Elizabeth would have got pregnant when she wanted to get pregnant, she would have took her kid to the temple, put some Nikes on him, he had a haircut, been taking a lot of selfies on Facebook and Instagram, seeing how cute he was, and everybody been like, oh, Lizzie, your baby is so cute. But your, your kid got a mandate on his life. Your business is going to be bigger than you think. Quit trying to rush him. If you stay before him, he won't let you miss steps. He won't let you miss steps. The one story about Joseph, when I read about Joseph when I was younger, and it helped me in my process, Joseph, his daddy told him to go get your brothers, go, I think he told him to go check on him. He gets to the location that they're supposed to be, they was not there. And there the Bible says that a man came and told him, gave him direction where they was. The, the instantly the Lord let me see, it's never God's will that we wander. It's never his will that the children of Israel be in the wilderness for 40 years. It, he didn't want that. He always has a destination, always has a promise, always has a purpose. You, your, your gift is different, your ministry is different, so everybody's process is different. Some people, it seems like it might happen easy, it might happen really natural for them. They may they walk in and just might be like, bam, the anointing's on them, they got money, they got the pretty wife, got the good-looking husband, kids are all perfect. It seems like everything is just going good. But I promise you, everybody got their issues. Hey, please stand, y'all. I'm done, I'm stand up, I'm gonna do this and get out of the way. I know it may take a while and it may be difficult, but the Bible says if you faint in the midst of adversity, your faith is small. 
the Bible tells us. And I keep saying the Bible because that is our moral compass. That is what we stand on. The Bible says that he that shall come, he will come and he shall not tarry. That helped me. I promise you, if he tell you you're coming, he ain't going to lie to you. If he gave you a word that you're going to have a promise, you're going to have a child, you're going to have a house, you're going, your marriage is going to get better, your body's going to be healed, he will do it. If I yell, maybe to help. He will do it. Maybe if I stand over here on the right side of the, of the path, he will do it. Our God can do anything, but he cannot lie. If we can get that in our psyche and in our spirit, I'll keep going to him and I'll cry to him because I know he can't lie to me. Woo. I may not have got a rhema word or a word from the prophet, but I got the logos. I got the written word. And it says, I can ask whatsoever I will and it shall be given. It says, he that shall come, he will come. So I know I can't stay in this situation forever. It has to have an end. It has to get better. If I know he don't want me just to stay in agony forever, he came that I might have life. And it more abundantly, it's your process. You cannot rush him. Woo! Woo! I don't care how much you want to get out of it. Joseph was in prison. He gives the baker and the, the, uh, the baker and the chef their interpreters in the dream. He says, listen, uh, when you get out, remember me because I'm Joseph. I ain't supposed to be here. After that, he was there two more years. So why are you in your situation? Don't complain. It's hard, I know. I'm not making light of it. It's difficult. Especially when you know the kind of God that we serve. It's difficult. But his strength, the Bible says, is made perfect in my weakness. The Bible says that. I didn't make it up. The Bible says it. He is his word. He is his word. Before one tittle, one jot to my word don't come to pass. Heaven and earth will disintegrate. He said, my word is forever settled in heaven. Woo! The grass withers and the flower fades, but my word will stand forever. He said, I exalt my word above my name. Trust him if he says it. Some of us are longing and desiring things from God. But we don't live like Zachariah and Elizabeth lived. We don't, we're not submitted to the Father. The Bible says that if your earthly father, him being evil, no has to give, give gifts, how much more than your heavenly father? My daddy can't outdo God. I love him, but he can't outdo God. Some of us want the blessings of the Lord, but we're not in right standing with the Lord. There are times his goodness will still bless you because his goodness should lead you to repentance. But sometimes we're in the wilderness longer because we are not submitted to him. Sometimes church won't tell you that. Our pastors will, but sometimes people won't. And so they'll just promise you the blessings of the Lord. Oh, he's going to bless you. You love him. We love him. God going to bless us. And you walk around in error and disappointment because you think you can do what you want to do and just get the blessings of the Lord. It don't work like that. Maybe I'm old school, but holiness without the Bible says no man shall see the Lord. You, it's because it's relationship. It's literally like we are the bride of Christ. So if I'm with my wife and I'm just messing around with my wife, I can't come home and just expect her to be there waiting for me. And she, I'm getting all the benefits of the wife and, my, and I'm with my girlfriend on the side. That's the reason why God divorced Israel. Because they kept turning their back on him. They kept serving other gods. They kept denying him. Kept sneaking around me. They just, they had the God of the universe as their king, as their father, their protector. Fire by day, fire by night, cloud by day. They seen his power, literally. But they didn't appreciate him. So he's saying, listen, look, I can't just keep up with you girl like this. I got standards. 
He divorced him for a season, hoping to provoke them to jealousy. The same way with us today. Uh, sometimes the Bible says the ways of the transgressor is hard. Sometimes our life is hard because we're transgressing against the laws of God, against his very nature. Woo. You said you serve a holy God. If you know him, why are you not holy? He's never going to ask you anything that you cannot do. He's never going to say be holy and he knows you don't have the ability to be holy. He gave us his Holy Spirit, and when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, at least in God's all truth. Some of us want the blessings, but we're not willing to make the sacrifice. If God blesses you now, will he be glorified, or will you just be satisfied? If he blesses you right now, will he get the glory or will you just be satisfied and be like, whoo? There was a man who was blind. The disciples looked at him and said, God, who did sin? Did his mom or daddy sin? Did he born like his? And he said, no, it's that the father may be glorified. In your process, he wants to get the glory. Woo! Because he's saying, I got my hands on you. If you represent me and I'm your father and you're my child, you're my bride and I'm your bride's groom I'm in the groomsman, if you belong to me, I should get the glory out of your life. When people see you and see the manifestation, they should see God all over you and glorify the heavenly father. They should know you went through what you went through, but look at you now. You don't look like what you came out of. You don't smell like the, folk, the smoke, the, you didn't get burned, the water didn't overtake you. He wants to get the glory. Look, tonight I cannot pray that God gives you patience. Old folks used to warn us against that. Don't pray for patience. Because patience is the fruit of the Spirit. And so if you have the Holy Spirit, you have patience. But we can pray for the manifestation and that you don't get bitter in the process. I'm going to pray. We're going to pray, and I don't know how you want to want to go over this. I don't know if we want to do an altar call or if... Jesus. See, this is probably uncomfortable for y'all because y'all want me to hurry up and say something because I got quiet. Even in the presence of the Lord on a Sunday morning, Wednesday night, don't rush him. Woo. You said it's Sunday, Pastor Caleb, and I was like, yes, yes. That, that was my confirmation, first of all. And I was like, because we'd be in his presence and we want him to hurry up. I remember Becca said one time at her church, it, it would get quiet and the, the pastor would literally like, I guess panic was like, hurry up and say something. I was in theater at my old church and out did theater and, and dead time was, one second was like two hours. You couldn't have dead time. But when it comes to him, whoo! In his presence, the Bible says it's fullness of joy, and his right hands have pleasures forevermore. If you rush him, you might miss it, Britt. He ain't going to be rushed by you. He loved you, but he said, listen, no. You ain't going to invite me here, Eddie, and then rush me out. I don't care if you don't get to say your scripture. I don't care if you don't get to sing your song. Let me have my way. Let me be God. Don't invite me and then shut me up. Woo! Don't tell me I can come in and you let me speak. Don't invite me in and don't let me touch your body. When a king enters a room, you bow in abeyance. You give him the utmost respect. Churches today call themselves churches, but he's not invited. How can you be a pastor and you don't know him? How can you say you prophesy and that you're an evangelist, but you have no relationship? Woo. God, we thank you tonight. We thank you for this Kairos moment. Woo. We won't rush you. We won't rush you. We won't rush you. But God, while we were in your presence... Whether we at home, in the stores, at school, in a car, in, a, in, 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 in different locations, wherever we may be, Father. Ooh. Let patience have its perfect work. There is something that we need to know there in that moment of patience. 
There is places in you that you want to show us, but we rush too much. There are realms that you want to take us to, but we're so used to the same place and we try to rush out of that moment. It may be uncomfortable. I might have to stay over in church a couple of minutes longer. I might have to miss my favorite TV show, Father. We're waiting on the time this God, you're not bound by time. Help us not to rush you. It's not that you're slow, not that you're not on time, not that you're late, but you are working a work that, like we are on the potter's wheel, we cannot see the end thing, but you know what you're making. Help us to trust the process. We bind demons. We bind demons of impatience. We bind demons to try to rush through it. To try to get to the end of a thing before it's ready. You devil in in hell, I'll, I'll bind you in the name of Jesus. We lose the peace of God while we're waiting. We lose worship while we're waiting. Day and night, night and day. Let the incense of God arise. Let us constantly be found before you in prayer. Without ceasing. God, till it gets to the point where there's a nevertheless in my spirit. If it don't happen like I want it to, nevertheless. If it don't happen when I want it to, nevertheless. Your will is my will. And God, we thank you. If you don't know Jesus, then you are literally living on life support. If you don't know him, you are living on life support. In any moment, you can flatline. If you don't know him, if you don't know what we're talking about when we talk about relationship, you just happen to turn on, on social media and you see us. You wonder, who's this black guy speaking? It was a divine moment. He that have ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. God wants you to come into the kingdom. What do you mean when you say the kingdom? God wants you to receive salvation. He wants to be your Lord. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, but let him be your Lord. This is not just the one thing you come to the front of the church and say, I accept Jesus. This is a whole lifestyle. When you go to bed, he wants you thinking about him. When you're hanging with your friends, he wants you thinking about him. He wants to be Lord of your life. If there's somebody here that don't know him, God is so serious about you receiving him that he will beg you to come. Some denominations say the doors of the church is open. God is saying, listen, my hands is outstretched. If any man hears me knock, you come in and I'll sup with you. Please bow your head. If you don't know him, I dare you to start walking. Somebody will feel you walking past them and feel the wind and walk with you. They won't let you walk by themselves. This is why we do what we do. Not only is this his will, but we want other people to come join us into the kingdom. This is not a solitary thing where we just, it's an exclusive club and it's just us sanctified folk. No, he wants all of you to come. But you got to understand that, again, if you're on life support, you, your time is running out. I'm not trying to have scared tactics. It's the reality of the thing. It's the reality of salvation. He's always going to be there. The Bible says his mercy endures forever. But the door might not be, always be open to you. When you recognize and hear this moment, you have to yield to it. Because you never know when you go home, you might be in a car wreck. I hate to say it. You might not wake up. So don't think that you got plenty of time. We used to, I was raised in the church and they talked about hellfire and brimstone often. There is a hell and you don't want to go. And there's heaven and you should be ready. Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. God wants you to be with him. Don't rush him. We're going to wait for just a few seconds. Just pray while we wait. God, somebody needs to come. They might not come physically, Father, but somebody might come. Come touch the TV screen, touch the computer screen, whatever. Lord, let them come to you.
This is the moment, Father. The moment. We bind every distracting spirit, every spirit of indecision. We lose the full knowledge to understand, to walk by faith and not by sight. You might not understand the whole totality of this thing, but you know that God loves you and he wants you to live for him. In the name of Jesus, we lose a wise decision in this moment. We love you, Father. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. I don't know if anybody needs prayer. If you need prayer, please come up. We, if it's okay, the prayer team can pray. Maybe I don't. I don't know. You, I'll pray for if you want me to pray. I don't mind praying. But if not, we won't continue to hold. You gotta always remember. We wait on timeless God. You can't rush him. Even when it hurts, you can't rush him. You can cry out to him. He don't mind you crying out and casting all your cares upon him. But if you wait on him, you won't have to be ashamed. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this word. If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.